0: It's Allison Kaczkowski. Welcome to the ultimate journey of self-care. I'm so glad that you decided to join me on this Tuesday morning. I hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you're listening to me from. So today we are continuing our deep dive into the concept of energy. And over in our Facebook community, starting last week, we started a brand new program called Live Fit, Love Self. And the whole point of doing this program, my idea was to give you an idea, not only of what we do on our destination fitness retreats, but how a real self-care plan can really help you step up your game, not just in your business life, but in your personal life and really all areas of your life. And energy is a really central piece for that. Um, And so during the challenge, and we're still going on, we're still doing it right now, by the way, so you can still totally join us um, if you're thinking that maybe this sounds interesting to you. So I'll give you all that information closer to the end of my show today. So today, like I said, we are going to continue with the discussion of energy, but what I want to do today, and I sort of alluded to this a couple weeks ago, is that I want to go into a little bit more of what the connection between sleep and your metabolism is and how all that contributes, not just to a fit life in general, but helping you stay on track with either a weight loss program or keeping you moving forward with your health and fitness goals. Because I don't think most of us realize just how important sleep really is um, and exactly what happens to our metabolism and how we eat when our sleep patterns change. And that's really what I want to discuss today. And I also want to leave you with some tips and strategies on how to structure your eating so that you can actually make your rest work in your favor. Because I think, I think that's where I think, and again, this really goes down to really how we teach things as a simple breakdown of the steps approach, but also helping you with a pattern where those habits become easy for you to repeat. And sometimes it really is in the details. And that's what I want to get into today. So so let me first give you a little bit of insight into sleep. We've talked about that before on this program. But I really want to give you a little bit more factoid information. um, Just little minute details. Um, Not only is sleep a big piece of our self-care puzzle and plan, most Americans get on average one hour less than what's recommended. And depending on who you talk to, The recommended amount of sleep for most people is somewhere between seven and nine hours. That's recommended. Now, granted, and I've said this before, I know lots of people out there who um, can get by on a lot less and they function fine um, and, you know, that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is, is that on average, this is what most people actually need for optimal results, but somewhere between seven and nine hours. And the average is, is that most people get at least an hour less than that. So that tells me if it's at least an hour, that the average is probably more than that. So really what that comes down to is five to six hours is what most people are getting on average. So that really is getting into, I don't want to, I'll stop short of saying danger territory, but that really does contribute to a large part of a lot of our lifestyle issues that we have in this, in our culture. And I'll get into a little bit more about what's involved with that a little bit later. But on the flip side of that, too much sleep can also adversely affect your metabolism. And I know people who swear they need at least 10 hours. But I also know that those people are not necessarily, not only are they not in the best shape, they're also not in the best of health. And that's because, you know, having irregular sleep or sleep that's not at a good balance and good quality for you can adversely affect how your body works. And a large piece of that is how your metabolism works. So it really is important to find that sweet spot for you, whatever that is. And it may be that taking a power nap or a power snooze at some point might actually work for you. You know, it might be one of those things where you might find during the week you struggle a little bit, but then on the weekend you don't. But the problem with that is, is that you don't want to have too much difference between the two. It's okay if there's a little bit, but we don't want to get too far off track. And I talked to so many people who, when Saturday rolls around, you know, they sleep in. Um, they feel better for the day Saturday, but then they're right back at square one on Monday morning. You know, the whole weekend has not really been a source of rest and recharge. It's simply, you simply feel like you're playing catch up. And unfortunately, um, a belief system in our culture too, is that getting adequate sleep and rest is just simply one more thing. And not only that, it, it's one more thing that I really don't have time to do. My schedule will not allow that. So that's the language that you're, that you've, this bill of goods, basically that you sold yourself. But on the other side of that, in addition to sleep, what contributes to our energy levels is obviously what we eat. And contrary to what you might think, and as a fitness professional, I've really done a lot more reading about this over the last five years or so. Is that while activity is super important for energy, what you eat and sleep is probably even more important because it really does give your body that reset and allow you to keep the balance that you need so that the activity that you do doesn't actually work against you. Okay? So we're really talking about three pieces of a puzzle that really need to fit together in the right way. And we don't want to have one piece that's necessarily bigger than the others or one piece that's maybe too undersized. Because what happens is, is that you end up with a gaping hole somewhere. You end up with a strategy that is, you know, top heavy or bottom heavy or whatever, and it just doesn't work for you. So we want to try to change that. So really on today's show, this is what I want to get into and leave you with some, you know, helpful tidbits and also to tell you how you can join us in Live Fit, Love Self because it's free and I would love for you to be a part. So think back to on a day maybe when you feel energy deprived or a day maybe when you don't feel like you're totally functioning on all cylinders. Most likely, not having good sleep, or a lack of good sleep for probably several days has contributed to that. Okay. And then when that happens, what we eat actually changes because our appetite changes and in turn, our energy levels contribute too. now we can get ourselves psyched up for something that we have to do. You know, if we know we have a big project due or we're traveling or we have, you know, we're in a really busy phase in our jobs or we're in the middle of doing something at home, you know, we can psych ourselves up to get through that. Um, and that's part of what we call the fight or flight response. That's, you know, our, we are telling our bodies that, Hey, I need to get through this. And so our bodies will do, will, will respond in whatever manner it has to, to protect itself. And for most of us, if we find ourselves in that situation, for most of us, it's an increase in the stress response, which I've talked about that too on this show before, but that's an increase in the stress hormones. Um, the most popular of which is called cortisol. And that's probably what you've heard the most about. And actually, cortisol actually helps to protect our bodies. And that's the main reason why cortisol levels go up when we're feeling energy deprived. It's to protect our bodies so that we don't hurt ourselves. And what happens as a result of that is, is that, you know, we eat different. We notice our energy levels are not there. So we conserve energy, which means we probably sit more and we're less active. So those are the negative side effects of cortisol um high cortisol levels and high cortisol levels happen when we feel stressed and not rested. So why does sleep, how does sleep rather affect our metabolism? Uh, the main reason is that it slows it down. So if you have a night or two or several nights where you're not sleeping all that well, um, as a result, your body will slow its metabolism down because it's trying to protect itself. And it's trying to conserve energy um, because it knows it's going to need energy to function. <clears throat> so those are things that absolutely happen when we find our sleep is suffering. Okay. Our body treats us as a way to survive. The other thing that happens, which is really interesting, I think, is, is that our central nervous system stays active. And I've talked about this before with sleep is that what exactly does our central nervous system do? It's largely responsible for functions that are out of our control. Like, for example, our heart rate you know, how and how often we breathe, our brain to function, um, muscles to contract and, you know, basic movements and functions that we need to survive. And so when we're energy depleted, our central nervous system goes into, goes into an overdrive phase. And that's part of the fight or flight response. And that's part of what happens when we're stressed or when we feel overloaded. And this is another reason why when we rest, um, it's so important because it helps our central nervous system to also get a break in addition to our other body systems. So, um, so it basically takes us off that heightened sense of alert, you know, where, you know, we just can't seem to shut our brain off. That's the central nervous system working over time. So if you ever have days where you feel like, well, my body's tired and I'm resting, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym today. I'm going to sit here behind my desk and I'm going to work, but you just don't feel like your brain can actually shut off. And that's what's, what's happening as part of the case when you feel overstressed and overloaded is that your brain is just continuing to go. Um, and that's a big, big part of it too. And the other piece is, is that, um, sleep patterns, produce big changes in how we eat. And the main reason for that is there are two hormones that are produced in our body. One that stimulates our hunger and one that tells us to stop eating. Okay. And I won't get into too much of that here. I don't want to necessarily give you a science lesson, even though I'm a total science geek and all that really interests me. But I'm always interested in the how and the why of not only how things happen, but why they happen. Um, Because we can know all the steps of why things happen. But what really makes us take notice is the effect that it has on us. And this is really why our metabolism and our hunger changes when we feel energy depleted. Okay. It's again, it's a, it's a way for our body to survive. It's a way for our body to continue to go, even though the energy reserves are low. Okay. It's kind of like the, the the gas in the car example that I use a lot. What happens when your car goes into reserve? Okay, you know that you have a limited amount of energy, but the reserve is there to protect your car. The reserve is there to keep you going even though fuel is low. But what happens is when we get to that point is that we know we're going to need to stop and pull over and fill up or put more gas in the car or we're not going to be able to go any further. And this is what happens when our energy levels get depleted, okay? So when our energy levels get depleted, because we haven't been sleeping well, and we've been pushing ourselves, and we haven't been resting adequately enough, then our energy levels go into reserve, okay? And as a result, the stress response helps us correct that. The stress response wants to make sure that we actually take in enough energy so that we can function And so our normal hunger hormones get out of whack. So our body's telling us we need to eat more, even though we don't need to eat more um, because we're not hungry. But our hunger response is telling us we do need to eat. And not only that, it stimulates us to want to eat higher carbohydrate foods. These are typically higher sugar and salty foods, what we like to call comfort foods, foods that are much higher in calories. And they basically... I don't want to say sit in our stomach, but they take a lot longer to break down for a reason. Okay. So we've got the hunger hormones that get out of whack too when we don't rest enough. And this is what really affects, you know, that constant need to snack or that constant need to hit the candy bowl or the vending machine in the middle of the day when we lose, when we feel our energy dip. Okay. It's all connected. It's all part of a cycle that's connected. Okay. So... With our, with, with our hunger changes that come with our rest patterns changing is that we find ourselves craving things that we don't normally want to eat. Okay. And that might be, like I said, the hitting the vending machine or choosing something that's higher in sugar. So we want to always be attuned to that. And sometimes it takes a little while for that to kick in with our bodies. And sometimes we're already in the thick of it when we notice it. So I really want to challenge you to start paying attention on the days when you feel like your energy is low. Think back and retrace your steps. Think back as to what has your workday been like? You know, what type of extra demands have you had on your plate and how has your sleep and your rest been? And have you been staying active? Because it all is, I don't want to call it a house of cards, but it really is a house of cards to some degree. Um, Our body systems are extremely sensitive and it doesn't take a lot to get everything off kilter. But on the other hand, it doesn't take a lot to help keep us moving in a positive direction either. And it all comes down to the small the small steps and the small, basic, easy details, okay? And that's what this show is all about, is to help arm you with ammo and information so that you can make the best decisions for you. Um, The final piece of the rest puzzle and how it affects your metabolism is is that it also drops our immune response. And what this means is, is that we're much more prone to pick up a cold or to get up one day and feel like we're coming, that perpetual feeling that we're coming down with something. Um, And all of that changes how we eat because it disrupts the rhythm in our gut. And I've talked to you about how important self-care for your gut is. And when we eat the wrong types of foods on a regular basis, when we eat foods that are higher in calories, higher in carbohydrates, higher in sugar, and some of those foods are also high in fat and salt as well, then that disrupts how our gut functions. And in the long run this contributes to our cravings as well. So it's really important to think when it comes to our self-care plans and our energy plans is to how we coordinate the rest and how we eat and our activity all together so that our energy levels stay at an optimal level. Okay, so that's really the big, the overarching goal for all of us is, is that's what we want. Okay, so let me give you some easy tips and strategies as to how to approach this so that you don't, it's so easy to get into the overwhelm mode here and think, well, there's all this stuff going on and what if this happens and I don't know how to do this. And, and immediately when you're, you let your mind go to that spot where you feel overwhelmed, then that's typically where, you know, we want to stay where our mind wants us to stay confused. So we have to always remind ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing. So again, always keep in mind what it is that you actually want out of all this. And you have to remind yourself of that because there are going to be days when it's really tough to remember that. And so we want to always be reminded of that every day. Um, so here are some easy tips and strategies that I want to leave you with today. And one is, and this is all with respect to eating for energy, um, because this is really the main approach that we teach is to eat regularly. And there are a lot of experts out in the fitness, in the fitness field and the nutrition field that really have differing opinions on this. And there's, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's going to be different for everybody. It's just going to depend on what you think is going to work for you. But eating small several times throughout the day by and large always contributes to a higher energy level. Some people do better though with eating larger meals or eating within a smaller window of time. There's a tremendous amount of interest and Um, Participation again in uh, in fasting, which was around a long time ago, and then you didn't hear a whole lot about it. But recently, I know I've talked to several people just in the last couple weeks who have been on fasting and a plan similar to keto and have had fantastic results from it, and that's wonderful. But we have to keep in mind that it's not always the best long term strategy when we think about rest and sleep and the other things that affect our overall health and fitness levels. Okay, I mean, it, it can it can be a way to get you started, but generally it's not a way to live is what I'm trying to say. Um, so eating the several small meals uh, throughout the day generally helps with keeping our energy levels where we want them to be. Point number two is to balance your plates. And this is to eat from multiple food groups. Primarily when we talk about eating for energy and living a fit life, we're talking about high protein, high fiber, rich in fruits and vegetables and whole grains. We want to limit sugar. We want to limit alcohol and we want to limit obviously processed foods. Um, Now that's not to say that we should cut out carbs completely, but we need to be intelligent about where our carbs actually come from. And that's where the whole grains come in. And on a future show, we'll get into carbs a little bit more in detail, what they actually do, what are the differences between the different kinds of carbs, and primarily talk to you about gluten too, because I cannot remember a time in my adult life when there hasn't been an increased interest in eating gluten-free, and we'll talk about that on, on a future show. So you want to balance your plate. Tip number three is to think about what it takes to what's happening when you're hungry and what's happening when you're full. Okay. I like to call these hunger and the hunger and fullness step. Okay. And the connection that it has to sleep. Okay. Um, and this, these are just simple little tips. Watch your portion sizes, keep your portion sizes, small portion sizes in our society tend to be huge, especially if you eat out and none of us want to waste anything because I'm, I'm increasingly more aware of how many people don't have enough to eat on a regular basis and I'm extremely grateful that I'm not in that category. And But, but as Americans and as consumers, we don't want to waste food. And we want to get the most for our money. So we don't want to be in a situation where we feel like we're wasting food. And I said this in my show last week over in our Facebook community. We are the only culture in the world that has all-you-can-eat buffets and just about every kind of food there is. You travel the world and you don't find that except here. And I think that largely speaks to our budget-friendly consciousness that we have in our, in our culture. You know, we want to get the most for our money. So if we can go to an all-you-can-eat buffet for $10 and make three or four trips, then, hey, we've done really well because we've stretched the dollar as far as we can go. The problem with that is is that it teaches us bad habits. It teaches us to overeat, that we're not getting our money's worth if we don't go through more than one time. Um, and so we, we tell ourselves that we need to eat more than that, or it's not worth it. So, and that's a belief system too. So it's important to eat, to be satisfied, but not full. Okay. And this is where the rest piece comes in, because if we're rested or mostly rested, then we can keep our hunger in check and we keep those hunger hormones working the way that they should. So keep in mind, it takes your brain about 20 minutes on average to tell your body that you're full. So this is where it helps to eat a little slower, chew your food, enjoy the experience. That's really what it's all about. So those are just things to keep in mind with respect to, you know, eating and being full and not being full. And just know that all of that affects your energy. Because if you constantly feel stuffed or you feel like you've eaten too much, it will impact your energy, which will impact how you function. So keep that in mind. And this is tip number four. This is probably one of my, my personal signature steps is snacks are okay. There are a lot of people in the industry that say snacks aren't good. That if, you're, if you're needing a snack in the middle of the day, then you're not eating enough at your meals. And to some degree, that's true. You shouldn't feel like you have to eat all the time. But a snack in the middle of the day or later in the morning is totally fine. If, you know, you just need to feel, you just need to eat a little something to get you to the next meal. Now, on average, we want to make sure that the way you're eating is actually helpful to you and not hindering you. So if you constantly feel the need to snack, then maybe we need to, maybe something needs to be done to adjust how much you're eating and when you're eating. But in general, snacks are fine. And quite frankly, I love a snack in the middle of the afternoon to help me if I feel like my energy is dipping. And a snack can be anything, but generally speaking, it's best if it's a protein and fiber rich snack. And this is where protein bars can be really helpful. The bad thing about protein bars is, is that in some instances, it's just like eating a candy bar. So you have to be very aware of what's actually in it. And I'll talk about that in a future show too, is what are good protein bars and what are things you should look for. Quite frankly, I almost always have A protein bar in my cabinet or in my bag with me. And I have my favorites and I'll share those on a future show because sometimes I'm not starving. You know, I'm not feeling like I need to get, you know, to the next meal, but, but I personally like having a snack in the middle of the day. Um, and there are lots, lots of things that you can put in this category that can help a handful of unsalted nuts, you know, ro- raw, roasted almonds are good. Um, you know, anything along those lines, uh, just again, being mindful of what choice that is and how much is important. Um, and then finally watch the foods that actually zap your energy. And this is where so many people fall into a, fall into a hole. You know, they're making the visit to the office candy bowl or, Again, hitting the vending machine, needing to go to Starbucks for that mid-afternoon latte or coffee, you know, maybe having a soda or something along those lines. Maybe you're in an office where people are constantly bringing food in and it's just a constant temptation. One of the best things, one of the best things that I have found that I've done that has really helped curb this for me is fizzy water. And I love a sparkling water as a way to pick up my energy now in general I don't do one every day maybe once or twice a week but fizzy water sometimes can really be a good substitute it can really be a good bridge so I could you could actually put that in a snack category too and you could actually you know add flavoring to your water you know fresh fruit herbs mint is always good cucumbers are refreshing too you're not really adding any calories to that, but keep in mind that drinking plenty of water is always a good strategy for energy. And I've talked about that many times before on the show, and I'll probably continue to emphasize that because I find that's an area where so many people still struggle. So I hope that those tips have been helpful for you today uh, with helping you eat for energy, because that is part of, of living a fit life. And that's what we teach and live fit, love self. So if you want to come over and join us, please look for us on Facebook, living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. We would love to have you. And if you're not on Facebook, then head over to my website at cufitness.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com and click on contact us and shoot me a note. And I'll be happy to communicate with you. We are going to be having some downloads added soon to my website so that some of this, some of the, all of this information that we discuss on this show can be readily, readily available at your fingertips whenever you like. But please feel free to head over to our community. And join us we've got a few more days in our new program before we wrap up and we're also talking a lot about our retreat plans for next year we have our first two destination fitness retreats open for registration we've got a couple spots that have already been spoken for we're heading to hawaii in march and we're heading to key west in may and then we have other trips planned throughout the year we're going to go back to the beach we're going to go to Asheville and Pinehurst. And in the fall, we're going to go down to the Turks and Caicos. So we've got lots of fun things planned because getting a reset and recharge for you in the form of travel is always good for helping you with your self-care plans. And that's really what we're all about here. So I hope you guys have a fabulous day and a fabulous rest of your week. This is Allison Katzkowski. You're listening to The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. Make it a good one.